Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening, come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I hope your morning has gone a little bit better than mine. I've already crushed the spirit of one of my children this morning, so happy Mother's Day to me. Um, Getting to stand here in front of this class has become my favorite thing about Mother's Day. And I just want to take the time to say happy Mother's Day to my mom, who's out of town today, and so she's going to get to listen to the podcast later. I love you, Mom. Have fun in Florida. And I hope that you're as ready for today as I am. Paul brings a lot of hard truths today in these verses and has been reminding me for the past couple of weeks that in the life of a Christian, there is no middle ground. We're going to start back reading in Romans 5 and read up through Romans 6.23, which is the verses for today. Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him through the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by that grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. 
for the judgment following one's trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of his righteousness reign in the life through that one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation of all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification for life of all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many words the, that many were made sinners, so by that one man's obedience, the many were made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that, as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Are we to, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God so that you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obedient its passions. Do you not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as though have been brought from death to life, and you, your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will no longer have dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. And that brings us to today's text, which is Romans 6, 15 through 23. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you are the ones slaved of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teachings to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin and have become slaves of righteousness, I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. But just as you once were presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now, present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? 
For the end of those things is death. For now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Phew. That's a lot. Last week, we did not meet, but Jim said on the podcast that Paul starts to use the imperatives or lots of commands in Romans chapter 6. He only uses one command in the verses that we look at today. However, he uses the indicative or statements of fact about 16 times in these verses. Like I said, that's a lot of truth. Paul starts in verse 15 where he started back in verse 1 with a question. Almost the same question. What then? Are we to sin or miss the mark, not share in the prize? Because we are indicative fact. We are not under law, but under grace. By no means. Paul answers the question the same way here as well. Do you not know that if you present, and this is the present active indicative, again, this is a fact, that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are, again, fact, you are slaves of the one whom you obey. Obey is to heed, to attentively listen, to conform. You obey either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. We are all slaves. It's hard to say. It's hard to hear. And it's a hard concept for us to think about, considering where we live and what we are accustomed to. Paul was not using the concept of slavery lightly here. He used it because he knew that this is something that the Romans could be familiar with. He wanted a clear picture for them. He tells them that they are either slaves to obedience or slaves to sin. However, the question is not if we are slaves. The question we need to ask is to whom we are enslaved. There's no middle ground here. We must present ourselves to either sin or to righteousness. To me, the word present has a strong mental image. For me, it's something that I picture in grand and glorious fashion, maybe even with lights and with music. You're presenting something. Picture it. We're presenting ourselves to something. Are we presenting ourselves to sin or to righteousness? Either way, we are presenting ourselves. But thanks be to God. This is verse 17. Thanks be to God that you were, in fact, we were once slaves of sin, who become obedient or to conform, become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching or instruction or doctrine to which we were committed. Committed is yielding, entrusted, transmitted, betrayed. I grew up in the Methodist church. And most Sundays, we would always say our call to worship. And the preacher would stand up and say, let us give thanks to our Lord, our God. And the congregation would always answer back, it is right to give him our thanks and praise. There were no conditions around giving him thanks and praise. It doesn't say if you feel like it or if things are going good or if you've had a good day. 
It just says it's right to give him thanks and praise. And Paul goes on to say that we have to become obedient from the heart. The heart is our core. It's our very being. It's our center. And we must serve him from our core with all that we are. We must, be, we must give ourselves over to him fully in every aspect of our lives. In verse 18, having been set free or liberated, exempt, delivered from sin or offense, we have become slaves. And again, this is the indicative. This is a fact. We have become slaves of righteousness. Been set free. If we had the need to be set free, it means at one time we weren't free. We were bound. We were tied. We were locked up. We couldn't move. We were slaves to sin. In this time, slaves could be released from their masters, but always at a cost. And usually that cost was paid to the master. However, in the case of slaves to Christ, our master paid the cost. Our debt was paid in full to be set free. As believers, we are no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to Christ. Verse 19 says, I am speaking, this is president, he's speaking now in human terms meaning human, common to man, because of your natural or your flesh, your meat, your body, your human nature, because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented yourselves and presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness or violation of the law, wickedness, transgression, unrighteousness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. Paul tells them that he is speaking in human terms. He is bringing it to them on their level. He is using words that they could easily understand. There should be no excuses here. Dar listened to a great quote that said, freedom is not a question of whether or not we would like to serve, but the choice of the master in which we will serve. There is no middle ground. We must choose who we will serve. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. No two masters. No middle ground. We have to pick where our service goes where our obedience goes, where our heart goes. In the commentary by Kent Hughes that I've been reading for Romans, he says, Our past slavery only brought shame and death, but our enslavement to God brings not only freedom but sin from, from sin, but sanctification and eternal life. Paul uses the imperative in this verse, making it a command to present our members to present ourselves fully and completely as slaves to righteousness. We're committing and we're submitting ourselves, and that leads to our sanctification. If we find ourselves running to something out of familiarity or for comfort, or because we think it's all right because we're already covered, we need to examine who our master is. We will always obey the things that enslave us. 
As Christians, we cannot choose to continue to do a certain thing or live a certain way, knowing it's wrong and knowing that it's against God's will. Being on the path to righteousness covered by God's grace does not give us free reign to live the way we want. Being covered by God's grace does not give us the right to even visit the other path, going back to the path of sin. When you visit somewhere, there are plans and preparations that have to take place. And if you're even like me, you probably have lists and agendas and everything's all lined up. We should not visit our past path, the way that leads to death. Sin will happen in our lives. But as Christians, we should strive to be the best, to be like Christ, and to serve him in all we do. When we sin, we should feel it. We should feel it in our hearts, feel it in our core. We cannot let sin convince us that since we are under grace and have forgiveness, that we can go back to that old path. We must present our members, present ourselves in righteousness. We need to live in his grace, in his abundance, and we need to choose to stay there. Verse 20, for when you were of sin, you were free, free in regard to righteousness. David Gusick said, Paul's point is almost humorous. When we were slaves of sin, we were free, all right. Free in regard to righteousness. Some freedom. It baffles me to think that people say that they aren't Christians because they want their freedom. Freedom from religion and freedom from rules. The chains that come with this so-called freedom are indescribable. And that should make us, as Christians, that are no longer slaves to sin, show them what true freedom is all about. Verse 21, But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. In the movie Princess Bride, and no, this is not a gym reference, this is all me, Fesek and Inigo take Wesley to see Miracle Max. Miracle Max says that Wesley is only mostly dead. He says there's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Mostly dead is slightly alive. He was saying that there's still hope. And we, no longer slaves to sin, we're mostly dead, but we have hope. We have Jesus. Jesus will always be our hope. He freed us from sin, being mostly dead, and we now get to serve him. Verse 22. But now that you have been set free or delivered or made free from sin and have become slaves or enslaved of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification or purity, purification. It's the same word that we used in Romans 6:19. But the fruit we get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Free from sin. Earlier, Paul mentions that we are dead to sin and we cannot live in something that we are dead to, even if we are covered in grace. Going back to Romans 6:1 and 6:15, when Paul is asking if we should still sin or continue to sin because of grace. Even though we are covered and our debt is paid, 
this does not give us free reign to sin. We should not choose the path to sin. In fact, we shouldn't even choose to visit that path. When our debt is paid, we will sin. Yes, we will. But should we choose to prove that sin? Choose to prove that God's grace is so good that it abounds in us? Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift or the gratuity, the deliverance, the endowment, the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. For this verse, I've always focused on the fact that we are guaranteed either eternal life or death. However, after living with Paul for a week or two, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, or really just kind of smacked me on the back of the head, that I need to focus on the wages and the gift. Wages are something that is earned, something that we are due, when the gift is something that we are freely given. There's two paths. And we must choose. There is no middle ground. Both paths have hills, valleys, and rough places that are hard to cross. At the end of one path, there is death. At the end of the other, righteousness. No matter how dirty, messy, or broken we are at the end of the path that leads to righteousness, the Savior, our Master, will will look at us and say, this one This one is mine. They belong to me. From the moment we entered into our relationship with Christ and he paid our debt and freed us from being enslaved to sin, we became his. We became slaves to Christ. He is our master and we are to serve him. We shouldn't serve him half-heartedly, but we are to serve him with all that we are. We are no longer sins, but we belong to him. And as we look at the verses, there's several repeated words and repeated topics. Anybody? Repeated words, topics? This is an easy one. Uh Slaves. Thank you. (laughs) Anything else? Freedom. Mm Mm-hmm. Righteousness. Sanctification. Sanctification. It kind of tells our story, the repeated words do. We were once slaves, sin, death. We have now become obedience, righteousness, fruit. Christ. Let's go back and look at the 16 times that Paul uses the indicative mood or the statements of fact. Number one, we are not under the law, but under grace. Two, we know this. This information should not come as a surprise. It might prick our hearts, but it shouldn't be a surprise. We are slaves to who we present ourselves to. We are. We are right here, right now. We are slaves of the one we obey. Number six, we were slaves of sin. Number seven, we are now obedient from the heart. Eight, we are now committed to the teachings. 
Number nine, we are slaves of righteousness. And ten, Paul brings this message to us on our level. There should be no excuse. Number 11, we once presented ourselves to impurity leading to lawlessness. Number 12, we were slaves of sin. 13, we were free from righteousness. 14, we still presented fruits when we were slaves to sin. 15, we were ashamed of that fruit. And 16, the fruit we get when we are slaves to God leads to sanctification. Two paths. One leads to death, the other to righteousness. We were slaves of sin. We yielded fruit that we are now ashamed of. We presented ourselves to impurity leading to lawlessness. We became obedient in our hearts. We committed to the teachings and the fruit we now get leads to righteousness. We are now slaves to Christ. There is no middle ground and we shouldn't even want to visit that other path. So what's the point? We have to pick a path. We have to pick a master to serve. There is no middle ground. So what do we do with that? We have to choose our path. And I've said it several times, so I found it only fitting that it's the only application. There is no middle ground. So don't visit the other path and choose to serve Christ. In Phil Wickham's song, This is Amazing Grace, which is one of my favorite worship songs, there's a line that said, you laid down your life that I would be set free. Set free from slavery to sin for a life of serving Christ. And while I'm still a mess, my God will say, this one, this one is mine. Thank you.